We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Inside the Huddle. It is uh, Sunday evening after a win at Maryland. Indiana knocked off the Terrapins 47-28. It was a crazy game. Maryland jumped out to a 21-3 lead. Uh, Indiana responded with a 44-7 run. Uh, It it was a a game that, you know, many people on Twitter were freaking out about early. uh, And then they calmed down and, and Indiana got their fifth win of the season. I will be joined by Nick Holmes here shortly to go over uh, what we liked, what we didn't like, and we'll do a little uh, preview of the Bucket Week. It is a huge week coming up for Indiana, uh, going for their sixth win, their third straight bucket. Uh, it would be the first time, I believe, since 1947 that they had won uh, three straight buckets or more. I believe they won four straight from four, uh, 44 to 47. Uh, but check your record book. I could be wrong. <clears throat> Anyway, uh, there are a lot of good things going on in that win against Maryland. Nate Sudfeld looked very, very sharp, uh, and, and we'll see where they go from now. Uh, Nick, welcome to the show. It's it's you and me tonight. TJ is on uh, on daddy duty. So uh, how are you, Nick? Uh, not too bad. I'm actually uh, walking through my car out in the uh, nice November November weather. It's uh, I think winter is here, and. It looks like it might be uh, clearing up in a couple of days, hopefully. Yeah, you know, it, it, I don't mind the cold, but it, as long as it's uh, it's not precipitating, unless it's a real blizzard, because that will be fun on Saturday. Uh, but as long <laughs> as it's not a, you know, 33-degree rain, I think we'll be good to go. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you there. So, so Nick, uh, Indiana obviously knocked off Maryland for their fifth win of the year, their first Big Ten win. Um, what did you take away from the game? I know it was, uh, it was a shaky start there at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was just a lot of um, positives to come from that. The first thing that, uh, you know, Mitchell Page has been good all year, but uh, yesterday he showed up. And, I, you know, even more so than him, we had um, another uh, good games out of a couple other former walk-ons, uh, Andre Booker, and Ben Bach came in and reserve, time, reserve action at cornerback and looked really strong as well. So, you know, that was that was really encouraging to see. And then um, TJ did a piece a few weeks ago, and we've been talking about Simi Cobbs all year. And, and yesterday he was just on another level that uh, really excites me for for what we might get out of him, you know, the rest of the season and, and in the future. Yeah, Simi Cobbs was, was pretty uh, amazing yesterday. I believe he had nine catches for 192 yards. Uh, he did not reach pay dirt, but those are both career highs for him. Uh, Mitchell Page had a nice game, five catches, I think around 60 yards and two scores. 
Uh, he really did a good job getting IU back into the game with that uh, with that touchdown to get it to 21-10. Uh, he he also did a solid job in the punt return game. He caught the punts he needed to catch. Uh, the the only punt that went over his head, you know, if he fielded it, it would have been a bad play. Uh, he would have caught it um, Willie Mays style, and and you could have fumbled mm-hmm. it and let Maryland back in the game there. But he was terrific, and, and he was a guy you, you feel really good for because uh, he had been taking these losses so hard. Um, I mean, everyone has, uh, him and Marcus Oliver and, and all the guys we talk to, but Mitchell is, is one of the guys we always talk to. And he he was, you know, you feel really good for, for him and the rest of the team about, uh, you know, getting off the schneid there uh, and coming back. Uh, Nick, I, I pointed this out to, to Matt Weaver, who I was sitting next to at the game uh, for most of the game, was this is a game in, in years past that IU doesn't come back in. You know, it was I mm-hmm. believe it was tied for the third largest comeback in school history. This is a game under previous regimes that maybe ends, you know, 55-17 or 55-10. Do you, do you agree? Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, there's there's not – there's not quitting this team. And I read a quote this morning in the newspaper that uh, coach Wilson had, and you may have heard this too, is coach Wilson told the guys preparing for the game, Hey, whether we're up 28 to three or we're down 21 to three, you got to keep your head in the game. And, and they definitely did. We've, we've said it, you know, we've talked about it, um, talked about it to TJ. This team could have very easily packed it in at any point in this season. And yet they still come out week after week and put up, a competitive effort against regardless of what level of, of talent they're going up against, regardless of how good the team is, they're they're laying it all on the field. Now, unfortunately, that didn't result in wins in the last, the prior six games, but you obviously could see the potential in the growth of the team, and yesterday was just another step that said, hey, we're down 21-3, to three. you know, keep playing your game, things will shake out, and they did. You know, I mean, it was just, you know, in just a few short plays, momentum was totally swung. You had that onside kick that was just a thing of beauty. I mean, we have to give a shout-out to Griffin Oaks. And you may have done this earlier, but, you know, obviously four for four on field goals, five for five extra points. Um, and William Likely was pretty much um, nullified in the return game. He was pretty much absent, and that was something that we both really hammered on going into this game was – um, limiting Likely's impact in the special teams because all it takes is a couple big returns and and their offense you know it was it was pretty much predicated on Brandon Ross's you know running game so they didn't have a lot of other things going on so if if, if Likely would have had as big an impact as he potentially could have the outcome would have likely been different excuse upon that yeah and and also credit on the on the um, onside kick also to uh, Richard Fant, who caught it, and yep. it was a perfectly executed onside kick. Um, and if you watch it again, it, it's just a – it is a thing of beauty. And I think he, Griffin Oaks is two for two this year, and I believe he's five for six in his career on onside kicks, um, which might be more impressive than uh, than his field goals, which are equally impre- – you know, it, they're mm-hmm. impressive as is. But, I mean, five for, five for six on, on onside kicks is, is – un- is unreal. Uh, you know, I've never seen somebody do that like that. But yeah, the, the coverage team is great. I think they, when we talked to uh, Griffin on on Monday last week, he said that the team was going to try and sky kick, and I think that's what they did. You know, he, he had three or four touchbacks 
but they sky kicked it to likely and the first return was probably his best and and they almost got a fumble out of it. It was just that, you know, the, one of the kids from Maryland made a great play and knocked it out of bounds mm-hmm. before one of the IU defenders could jump on it. But, you know, William likely just couldn't get it going. And he, mm-hmm. I believe they, they never got past the 20 um, to start a drive. And, and Eric Totes deserves credit as well. I, I, he didn't punt that much, but when he did punt, he kept it away from, from likely. And I, I believe it's Tavon Jacobs. I came in for likely at the end after an ankle injury. So, you know, special teams, big shout out to those guys. Uh, they did terrific. And, you know, the, it was a whole team effort. You, you saw them yeah. fall behind and, and really keep their heads in. And, and, you know, Wilson was a little bit prophetic in, in your quote. And, and then I think he joked about, it. he said he wished he, he was up 28 to three to the down 21 to three. Yeah, a name that we haven't brought up yet and um, definitely deserves a lot of praise was Divine Redding. He had his best game as a Hoosier, you know, when Howard went out with, with his knee thing, um, who we we hope that uh, can get back by this Saturday. But Divine also had a, a great game. They had to respect the run game. And, you know, obviously the offensive line deserves a lot of kudos because they, you know, I pointed out um, in my stats piece on Friday that I think Maryland was had the fifth most sacks in the nation and, and for the most part, aside from that early uh, sack, fumble, interception, whatever you want to call it, um, did a great job of, of keeping Setfeld safe and allowing him to make the reads and have arguably his best game as a Hoosier. Yeah, they changed that sack, fumble, interception. You know, After watching it, I think it was an interception, but they still ruled it a sack and a fumble just to give that guy that record-setting uh, sack. <laughs> But in the press box, they, the the PA announcer changed it four or five times. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, the offensive line was great. I thought Divine Redding, now Howard, I think he got hurt on that first drive and never came back. Um, people were texting me that that you know the, the Maryland defenders were twisting ankles and twisting legs, and maybe that's one of the reasons uh, that Howard got nicked up. But uh, Wilson said he was okay. He could have come back, but Indiana had it in the bag. Uh, by then, and, and Devine really played well. He had one big run, I think, for 40 yards, and then otherwise he chipped away and, and let Nate Sudfeld and the receivers go to work. And, you know, the, enough can't be said about Simi Cobbs. He had a, a tremendous day after the catch as well. Um, they don't have an official yak yardage uh, oh, man. stat, but he he had uh, so many yards. He could have had more. There's that one scene play there late in the game where he took his eye off the ball, I think, a little bit, and and he he might have scored, um, but it would have gone for at least 50 yards. So um, a lot of good things coming out of it. This team could have folded up uh, camp and, and just gone home and said, "Hey, it, it's season's over. Let's just go play at Purdue, and and you know we'll we'll see what happens and and bring it back next year." But you know, as Wilson's teams have always done, and we've seen it the last couple of years, they they don't quit. And and it would have been very easy for for this team to quit. So um, credit to them. It sets up an epic, uh, you know, almost 2007 ish uh, uh, matchup against Purdue uh, for a bowl berth. I do believe that even if IU does um, fall short of of six wins, they at five and seven they do squeak in because uh, there are a lot of teams who are not going to get the six wins. And I think with the APR um, stuff. But uh, that's a discussion for another day. Uh, going right. into this Purdue game, I think they should 
that they should win. I think they opened up as five point favorites, but this is there's a lot on the line here, and this is a, a huge game uh, for IU. Yeah, I mean, like we were texting earlier about just the. I mean, I I don't want to face going into next into December with a with a five and seven record. Let's just go ahead and pick up that six win. Um, you know, I Coach Wilson picked up his second conference uh, road victory this past week, so let's go ahead and pick up number three at Purdue. Um, obviously, Purdue is is ailing a little bit, um, having a really down year. So, really, it's just uh, start prepping and you know take care of business the next four or five days. And uh, hopefully a lot of Hoosier fans make that trip up there. I mean, there's really not been yeah. any bigger game. No, this is probably the biggest game since 07. Um, you know, they had that chance against Wisconsin in 2012 to to sneak in uh, to the Big Ten, Big East, or Big Ten championship game. Uh, that obviously didn't go well. But this is a game they should win. Uh, even though it's a rivalry game, Purdue's going to come out on fire. You know, you know that they would love nothing more than to dash Indiana season uh, up at Ross Aid. You know, we've seen it before. So you could throw the stats and the records and everything out the window. But this is also a Purdue team that, if Indiana jumps out on them, man, this could be like thir- 2013, where Indiana goes up big and it doesn't look back. And, and I don't think Wilson would take his foot off the gas like he did that year. Um, but they get up big, and, and I, you can see Purdue full, folding up camp. Uh, they have a history of doing that this year. I mean, they got trounced by Illinois. They let up 48 points to Minnesota. Um, I mean, it, it's we'll watch tape on it, but it, it does not look like uh, a, a even a good Purdue team. It's not even a mediocre Purdue team. This is a bad Purdue team. They're 2-9. Um that Indiana should come come out and have it have its way with. Uh, Jordan Howard should be back. Uh, we'll find out more tomorrow probably. Um, if not, I still think Divine Redding and, and Mike Majette, he looked banged up too, uh, but Mike Majette and Divine Redding should have their way uh, as well as the offensive line with this Purdue defense. Yeah, you, you hit on all the por- important parts. It's just getting the guys healthy and uh, ready for this last run. And I think you know, most importantly is, you know, not only becoming bowl eligible and ending up and, you know, we, we've speculated if that time comes where they might end up. And, and regardless of what location, getting to bowl games is a huge accomplishment for this program, obviously, but it's that extra two or three weeks of, of program building um, practice that, you know, can't be overlooked more than anything. is It's just opportunity to have 15 more practices that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, and, and that's a time where you could get these young guys and people that you have redshirted some some reps. Um, so these these young secondary players get some reps. Uh, they get some rest. Like guys like Jonathan Crawford have played almost every single down this year, uh, and they're used to playing twelve minute quarters uh, in football games, and their season's usually over by now. But I mean, those fifteen practices are would be huge. You rest some of the veteran guys who've been a little banged up. You get Howard some rest. Um, so, you know, those 15 practices would be, be great for the development of the program. Plus, you revitalize the fan base a little bit. Even if you go, you know, knock on wood, we don't go to Detroit. I won't complain 
that much if we end up doing. I'll complain a little bit, but I won't complain that much <laughs> um, if, if they go to the Quick Lanes Bowl in Detroit. But you know, it's still 15 practices, and, and you're right, Nick. That's huge. Yeah, and I mean, from a perception standpoint, obviously it's going to do a lot for recruiting too. Um, you know, because we do in the past, Coach Wilson has has entertained a lot of uh, official visits during that month of December. And when he can bring these guys in and say, hey, look, we're practicing for a bowl game. You know, this is what it looks like. Do you want to be a part of it? Obviously, we got things headed in the right direction. That right there is another huge selling point. You know, it's it's not anymore just, hey, we are headed in the right direction or, you know, we, we've we've accomplished a goal and now we're just going to continue to to grow. So that that right there, the recruiting, the extra practices, all that just culminates into an even more successful program down the road, which which has to be really exciting if they take care of business on Saturday, and they have to take care of business on Saturday. Yeah, and, and to go on to your recruiting thing, I, I believe that Kevin Wilson does uh, deserve an extension and come back next year. I thought that that, that this win and the way they've played the whole season um, it deserves to be brought back. Um, aside for from that Rutgers game, uh, he, you know, his team has been always in these games and, and having a chance to win. Um, so, you know, I, I'd like to see them, you know, maybe announce it tomorrow that they're extending him, but, but uh, Glass is in Maui probably, and that might not get done until next week uh, after Purdue. But I think it would help so much in recruiting to where these guys who are on the fence uh, and, and their coaches telling them, hey, he might not be back, just to say, hey, Kevin Wilson will be back next year. He's going to get a, a year or two extension and, and really get onto that second contract. I uh, would help out in recruiting immensely and, and really maybe bolster this class, which is sitting, I think, at 89 right now. And if he does get an extension, it could shoot up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this this uh, this next week is obviously one of the biggest weeks for for the Kevin Wilson-led Indiana program, and and I want nothing more for them to, you know, continue on this 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 growth um, progress because, you know, like you said, we've been competitive. They've been competitive in every game aside from the Penn State game, which obviously you're you're down a couple of your best players, and it's it's hard to go into Happy Valley and win anyway, especially if, even at full strength. It's it's not been something that IU's ever been able to do in the past. So that game aside, the team has demonstrated that, you know, we're in games that in years past, regardless of which coaching staff, they weren't going to be in. It, by the second or third quarter, game was over. They weren't entertaining. And, yeah, they didn't win conference games one through six, but they were there. Yeah, they were right there. They're a couple, you know, I hate saying this, but they're a couple plays away. Um and this team really should could be six and four, or six and five, or maybe even seven and four going into this final game. Um, and it would be tough to sit here at five wins. I know at the beginning of the year we all said a bowl game or, or he's gone, but he had expected those those games to Ohio State, Michigan State, you know, Michigan, those to be blowouts and and and, and so forth. But they have been really really competitive and put themselves in in position to win those games. So, you know, and this this hasn't been the best IU roster. This is a, a young team for the most part. They have great lines on both sides of the ball. 
but they're really lacking, you know, top-end talent in the secondary, and they have young talent at wide receiver. So, you know, it, it, this this is not on paper the, the best IU team under, under in the Wilson era, and yet they're competing. They're right there with these top programs in the country, and you know, it, it, it's, it would be hard to, you know, tear it down at this point and say, hey, let's start over. Let's you know, I hate saying that they they can't get a coach over like thirty other programs, but you know, it's it's a, a seller's market right now, and and, uh, and and we'll see where it goes. So I, I really hope that they announce an extension soon. I do believe glasses in Maui um, for basketball, of course, but uh, you know, it, it's it would really bolster recruiting and definitely what you said about the bowl practices and hosting recruits then uh, really would help as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's deserved at this point. And, and I, when I talk to IU fans are definitely uh, been mixed, but the ones that really pay attention that have really paid attention to football for more than, you know, the last three months that have actually been at the, at the deepest point in, uh, in the last 20 years, they can acknowledge the fact that, yeah, we, we haven't won some games that we probably could have or even should have, but we can see that progress is being made. And that's really about, you know, for 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 one of the – you were talking about, you know, going out and, and grabbing a better coach or, you know, IU is a tough sell, and you know that, I know that, and anybody who knows IU football history, it's – the losingest program in FBS football. So it's not like you're going to go out and regardless of what sum of money you throw at anybody, it's it's not you're not going to draw a next statement anyway. So I think slowing a slow build, um, although it can be frustrating, you know you got to have patience. So I think uh, for those IU fans that you know are aware of that that IU is staying in games that they wouldn't have in years past. So this could be a very rewarding uh, growth period over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, and, you know, you just bear with this program, I, I think, for now, especially, you know, if they had gone 3-9 and nine or 4-8 or and eight and lost out, it's a different story. But, you know, they, they got a shot to get to 6, and that was the ultimate goal for the regular season. Now, of course, you want to get to 7 in the postseason. They might. They might get a good bowl matchup and, and win – uh, one of these games, but you know it, it's all about winning, getting the fans excited for next year. I think six wins you bring back um, most of your team. Now they need a quarterback. It looks like they might get Richard Lego uh, or Lego, um as a JUCO. Uh, but you know if you bring him in, then you really have something cooking. It looks like Howard's probably going to come back, especially after being banged up last week. I just. Uh, you know, I think his NFL stock took a hit last last week, uh, being injured. Uh, you know, he has the talent. Uh, he has, uh, you know, the running style and ability to go to the NFL. And, and maybe he the injuries push him to it. But, um, you know, I think that that would really hurt his stock in that way. Uh, but if he's back, then you have, you know, two more freshman running backs come in. And you have another year of Redding, uh, who has been a solid backup. Uh, and, and you have Majette back there, so um, this team next year is something that fans could get a bit, get behind and, and really, you know, maybe come out and support this team a little bit better uh, than they have uh, during the year this year. 
Yeah, to, uh, but to that the, point. Oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I was going to say that to to that point about you know any time a player gets injured in any sport, um, collegiately, professionally. I saw a little bit a little bit of this on Twitter yesterday that really just kind of bothered me is, you know, when a player's injured, have some respect. Don't tweet, you know, negative comments towards him. You you don't you don't honestly know the the level of the injury the player's dealing with. So just just try to stay classy. Whether you're a, you're you're nagging on an opposing team's player or your own player, just just try to avoid. You know, social media is a great tool, but at the same time, it can be one of the the uh, most poorly used tool. So just keep that in mind, Indiana fans. Just try to try to keep it classy. Yeah, well, and that'll bring me to my next point. It was, you know, watching the game, it was like a microcosm of the season um, almost. And you saw when they got down 21-3, you saw Dan Dockage tweeting that, you know, if Kevin Wilson blows this game, he should be fired. You saw um, – uh, Bob Kravitz tweeting, who had been at one media availability all year for IU, saying that uh, this is it. You know, you see all the cockroaches come into the light uh, mm-hmm. when they were down. And then when they tied it, or when it got to 21-17, when they took the lead 24-21, you saw them all go away. And that, yep. I mean, I was laughing in the press box at that. It's like, God, these people, like, what's wrong with you people? Um, so, and, and look, if you have a problem with me saying that, then, you know, you know where to find me. It's HoosierHuddle.com. Um, it's at Hoosier underscore Huddle on Twitter. You know, tweet me, email me, uh, you know, it's, it's, say it to my face. I don't, I don't really care, but you know, it, the, the perception of the program on these, I wouldn't say national level, but elite local, uh, sportscasters is, is unbelievable sometimes, but um, Nick, going going forward into we'll talk about Purdue here for for the last few minutes. Um, just what needs what needs to happen for for IU to come away with the bucket again? You know, the, going into the Maryland game, um, if a team's weak in an area, look to exploit it. And I said, you know, Maryland coming into that game was thirty percent on on third down conversions, um, and I said. Don't let them get any better than that. And I and I use defense responded. Maryland was only three for sixteen on the day. They were, as you pointed out earlier this afternoon, two of six on fourth down. If IU, I mean, we've we've said it. This isn't even a mediocre Purdue team. Don't let them a allow a Markel Jones or whoever else is in the backfield on that day break free for thirty, forty, fifty yard runs. Not like you did Brandon Ross and you find yourself in a hole you aren't going to have as easy time coming back on a Purdue team at home, in my opinion. I mean, there's just the whole rivalry aspect. It's just a little bit harder to come back. I, if that happens, then I'll, I'll gladly be wrong. And, and just do what you do right. Um, you know, whatever that is, whatever you can exploit on that day, um, depending on the weather, the weather conditions, whether it's a passing game. Obviously, we saw that at full strength yesterday whether it's Jordan Howard and Devine Redding, an offensive line busting up the field for 20, 30-yard um, runs. So, yeah, I mean, this is a game where you should be able to exploit their weaknesses and take advantage of your strengths. It really isn't um, a game that, you know, it takes a lot of scheming for, in my opinion. You should be able to um, do what you do well and 
take advantage of a of a weak Purdue squad. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you, Nick. You know, aside from the obvious, score more points than them. Uh, it's, yep. it's my key every week uh, for <laughs> for an IU football win uh, or any team that I root for. Score more points than their opponent. Um, it, it's just take their take their will, and, and they almost did that at Maryland on that opening drive, and they settled for a field goal. I think mm-hmm. if if they had scored a touchdown there, you saw Maryland's defense walking around, their heads down, they're kind of defeated, and then all of a sudden you get held to a field goal, and, and Maryland goes on a twenty-one nothing run, and and then they put it away at the end um, like they did. That's what you're going to have to do is, is put this game away early. It, it, hopefully you'll see a lot of IU fans come out to this game, uh, probably more than Purdue fans. It'll be interesting to see because it really hasn't, you know, I, I have not seen a bucket game since I've been an IU fan like this where Purdue has been bad and IU has been, been the good team uh, or, or the team fighting for a bowl, bowl game. Uh, so it, it'll it'll be interesting to see what the road dynamic is there. But if you go up, you know, two, three, four scores, step on their throat and, and put it away. And I think Purdue will, you know, submit pretty easily uh, after that, even if it is a bowl game. They do have a history of of just laying down uh, when, when they get, when things, uh, you know, when the stuff hits the fan. Yep. No, you're exactly right. This is a, this is a golden opportunity that, um, that there's no reason that IU shouldn't be able to take advantage of it early. And often, and like you said, step on their throat, and let's not, you know. I, I I enjoyed yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't as entertaining game in the fourth quarter, but I I enjoyed not having the stress. So. Yeah, it was it, it was a, a nice relaxing game there in the second half. Um, I thought you know the game was pretty much in the bag, especially the way Maryland was playing. They they kind of went into very conservative mode, running the ball, not passing much. Their quarterbacks were awful, by the way. They were yeah. probably worse than advertised. Um, Perry Hills did not play because of mono, but Caleb Rowe got knocked out with a concussion. But he was he was awful. He couldn't throw, hit water, uh, you know, standing four feet in the water at the beach. Um, <laughs> and, and the other guy, I think Cockrell came in uh, throwing sidearm, and he couldn't hit open guys. So. You know, we'll see if David Blau uh, plays or or if it's going to be Austin Appleby. Uh, But we'll break that down on Wednesday. Anyway, Nick, thanks for joining us. Uh, You can follow Nick at Hoosier Holmes on Twitter. Uh, Thanks for stepping up, and and we'll uh, talk to you on Wednesday, hopefully. Yeah, and if not, I'll uh, I'll see you in the the box on Saturday. Yeah, we'll be up there. Uh, Hopefully all you IU fans, uh, there's plenty of tickets on StubHub uh, for pretty cheap, I believe. Um, take a look, go on up. We'll we'll be up there. It, it might be cold, but you know, go root the Hoosiers on to a bowl game. Uh, anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll post it on the, the website, and, and we'll see you on Wednesday. See you later. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.